You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by President and CEO of Toyosity, Bill Holmes. Bill's company is the creator of Surfer Dudes, a wave riding toy that acts as a boomerang. I reached out to Bill's company after a trip to the beach with my family and Costa Rica Rick. He's a surfer dude, by the way. This trip ended with Rick trying to sail back to South America. It was a scene straight out of Castaway as my dear friend surfed on without me. I was left standing waist deep in the choppy ocean shouting, Costa Rica Rick! I reached out to surfer dudes to let them know how much my family enjoyed their product, but that Rick had surfed home and their replies and customer service were amazing. So amazing that I did what any good podcasting booking agent does and shot my shot to see if they wanted to come on and talk about their product. And they did. Not only that, it was the CEO. This must be how Tyrese Maxey feels after hitting a step back three to get to 50 points. I digress. Bill and I chat about running a toy company, how Surfer Dudes came about, and what excellent customer service looks like. Give Surfer Dudes a follow and let them know you heard them on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? Finally purchase that vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email brianmccoach at kw.com. Welcome to another episode of Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian, and today my guest is Bill Hones. He's the president and CEO of Toyosity in Orlando, Florida, and it is home of the Surfer Dudes, the world's first and only surf boomerang. Bill, thanks for coming on today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be on. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. This is the most important question that I have to ask you right now. Do you have a protege? And are you looking to bring somebody on board, that's me, to help take over Toyosity when you retire? I am ready for this opportunity, like Tom Hanks and Big. I'm ready to take over a toy company. I've been built for this. Brian, I have to tell you that a a toy company is a lot of fun because it brings you in contact with youth. And youth have a very different approach to life than you and I do. They don't spend their time watching news and doing other things. And really, their concern is their best friend, their second best friend, their third best friend, the activities of the day, and their futures. And they have a different viewpoint on life than you and I do. It's it's really quite energizing to be involved with uh, youngsters. And I highly recommend it as one nears retirement. I think it's probably the best thing to do into retirement is to is to have a firm like this and be able to work directly with 
uh, consumers, and in this case, youngsters, their parents, their grandparents. It's a lot of fun. In terms of coming on board, two of our two of our sons are involved in the business, and uh, this is the year that I'm transitioning out of the business, and they're taking it over. But they're always looking for talent, so who knows? You who knows? Never who knows? knows? But I'll make an I'll make a note and let them know that <laughs> that's how we started out. I appreciate. Awesome. So, can we talk about Surfer Dudes for a little bit? How did that come about? How did you get on board with us? Well, it, you know, it was an idea at one point that uh, someone had, but it needed to be developed into a into a product that could be brought to market and could work. It took about three years of work to really make it surf the way it surfs today. And a lot of things that are unique about it when you really look at the toy, you know, things as simple as the dimension of the wingspan is exactly twice the width of the surfboard. The back of the surfboard being completely flat as opposed to a surfboard which is tapered coming off the back that allows surf to build up behind it the distance between the wing and the bottom of the surfboard is again very precise it just allows enough of that surf to collect underneath it the front tipping up allows it to stay on top the weighting of it there are a lot of factors that really made it a success in terms of how it operated it does what it's supposed to do. I mean, people are somewhat amazed that you can take this object, throw it into the surf, and it really does come back. It's not not something that they suspect is really going to happen sometimes, but it does. And, you know, I've watched uh, youngsters uh, play on the beach for hours with these toys and their families and everybody gets involved. It's a lot of fun. So I feel like I maybe I saw this last year. I live in New Jersey, see so the Jersey Shore up here. I go to Ocean City a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe last year, possibly the year before, I started seeing these things. And I didn't have any friends or anybody that had them. And we kind of just watched them from afar. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. And one day we went and visited friends at the beach and they were in LBI. And they were out there, kids, and they were, they were throwing it. And the surf was pretty rough. There wasn't a wind blowing or anything. The, the surf was pretty rough and just throwing it. And you know, this is little, you know, maybe eight inches long. And then the surfer guy's on top. So maybe it's six inches high. And you know, there's a little paddle underneath that, that keeps them stable a stabilizer and you throw it out there and you wouldn't think much of it and you just watch him flip back up as the surf comes and he jumps on top and you know whoever he might have like i had costa rica rick and he was awesome you have little alien guys with the the sheep that they they might have ducked and a couple other fun people. <laughs> and some other yeah. fun people and to watch it just surf back and it's amazing how cathartic it is just just watching it go out there and come back and then surf on top and then think about like hey how did that happen you know, it has a repetition cycle to it that's that's interesting. As youngsters, we all, you know, would throw a bounce a ball against the base of a wall and have it come back to you. There was this repetitive motion to it. And the cycle time is very important. The toy is extremely light, weighs under, you know, basically under half a pound. So, you know, seven, eight ounces, six, seven point seven point seven ounces, seven ounces. And that allows you to not throw it extremely far. So you catch the breaking waves as opposed to getting it past your shore breaking waves. And your repetition cycle coming back in is fairly consistent and pretty quick. So for a youngster playing with it, it's, you know, it's a delight. I mean, they it scurries back underneath their feet and they're scrambling to pick it up and throw it again. And it's just the repetition cycle is really important when you have a toy that people interact with. If that repetition cycle is too long, you lose interest. It, it just, you know, it, it's something you don't follow anymore. And if it's too short, it's frustrating. I mean, it's just always on you. So 
there's a natural repetition cycle that that toy just seems to satisfy. And it's really, it's a lot of fun for people. I mean, that's what we, I mean, I've come to learn that the business is not about a toy. The business is about smiles. If you can create smiles and you create laughter, you've got a great product. And that's really what this toy does. It creates smiles and fun on the beach and a lot of laughter and a lot of amazement and a lot of awesomes and a lot of cools and things like that. And and you can't beat that. I mean, it's just a great thing. So then my family, we we go to Ocean City in end of June and we're there for a couple of days. And we're going to every different little shop and checking things out. So we run across the surfer dudes and I was like, oh, we just played with these, you know, earlier in the month. Let's get a couple of them. And we spent the next couple of days having so much fun with them. And then in September, my larger family, my parents and siblings, we go to Wildwood Crest. Husbands, wives, everybody, great big, like 20 of us going down. Great time. And there was a tropical storm offshore. It made the surf pretty rough, but you could still go in there a little bit. It is off season, so you don't have the lifeguard. So, you know, swim at your own peril type of deal. And we have Costa Rica Rick. He's hanging out on the beach. And my mom asked, like, oh, what's that? I'm like, this toy is the best. And I go out and I throw him shallow and he comes surfing back to me. And, you know, my kids are out there and we're throwing them back and forth doing it. And then I tossed him over that breaking waves point that we talked about, the shallow waves to go to the secondary. And then, you know, so the, the ocean was very choppy. And then there was an inland breeze pushing him out. I'll tell you, Rick almost made it back several times. I'm sure this is the instruction manual, which I completely just butchered right over. I'm like, Rick can handle the surf. We can do this for him. And he would get up top and the wind would just push him back a little bit. And I was out in the, I was out in the water. I was probably about, you know, maybe like thigh deep walking down with him. I'm watching him get pulled down. He's getting pulled down south this way that it was getting drugged down. And he would get on top of the wave a little bit and just get pulled right back. He's like, oh, can I just get out there and get to him? And there kept being surfers right there. I was like, oh, one of these surfers are going to help me out. No, they didn't help me out. But Rick was there for like an hour. I was like, at what point do I just go in after him? They also didn't want to end up on the, the nightly news of, you know, like, oh, dad of two from yeah. you know, the Pine Barrens. So I sent your team this just an email, just complimenting you on your product and just letting you know like how much fun we had. And then also just look out for Rick heading back home. And your customer service team was so responsive there. I had a little playfulness in, in my original email going out. And their receptiveness to that, and then putting it back out, and he's like, "Oh, Rick might be going around the, you know, the, the Cape Horn, the Great Horn, uh, you know, and he, he might make it back to, to his origins." And I thought that was so funny, and and that's when I reached out, you know, to you or to the team, or whatever, and just saying like, "Hey, if you ever want to come on the podcast, talk about your product, uh, or even your customer service," which I thought was outstanding. But I really just think it is a fun product. Talk about it. it's just the smiles on people's faces, and it's just nice to watch other people at the beach who don't have one. You can just watch them like staring at you, like, "What's happening?" Like, why are these kids throwing something in the ocean? That's just like, why are they throwing trash in the ocean? And then 10 seconds later, it's surfing back at them. And you kind of see their eyes light up like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? Well, you know, one thing that I want to make sure that we talk about for a moment is, uh, is rip currents. You know, so I think you, you ran into Hurricane Ian, if I remember correctly, which was off the, the, the East Coast in September. Many people don't realize it because we don't really hear about it the same way we hear, let's say, about a shark off of the off of the water, and everybody gets you know crazy about a shark, and and not that sharks aren't necessarily dangerous either, but when you when you look at the statistics, we lose over a hundred people a year to rip currents in this country, and we have you know twenty five serious shark encounters that result in 
in in uh, losing a person. People don't really pay a lot of attention to rip currents until they're caught up in one. Uh, from the way you described it, it sounds to me like Rick actually got past the breaking waves and got caught in a rip current, especially the fact that he was being pulled to the side and out at the same time tends to indicate that. When you're, you know, when you're at the beach and you have lifeguards, the lifeguards understand and can can spot what a rip current is. When you're on the beach and you don't have that benefit, um, it's always better to be safe and cautious. And, uh, you know, we stress that. And even as surfers, we stress that. I mean, that's that's an important part of surfing. You don't, you know, surfing in and of itself is a fun sport, but it can be be dangerous if you get caught in the wrong circumstances too at the same time. And no different for these little guys, these little guys. And, you know, and proportionality, you have to think about it. So a surfer dude is, you know, basically the character is five inches tall. So if you try to proportion that out and you realize that in a that in a wave of two foot, well, that's really like surfing a 24-foot wave for you or I. And that's a pretty awesome wave to surf. I mean, 24 foot, you're really getting up there. So when you look at it, you think about it in six inches of wave and a lot of foam behind it, that you're still looking at a good, you know, a good six-foot wave in proportion to that surfer. So, you know, it just, it's just interesting, but rip currents are serious business and uh, we warn against rip currents. We warn against, uh, you know, against winds. Uh, it's light enough that if you throw it with the wind behind you, it will go much further than you think it will. So we just, you know, we warn about those things, but, you know, as you did, sometimes people are having too much fun and there's nothing wrong with having too much fun and they get a little aggressive sometimes. And, you, you know, you get, uh, you get a circumstance where, it sort of wanders off a little while and eventually it comes back. There's no question about it. We, we see that every once in a while we hear from someone that has found one and, uh, you know, it's just not what you intended. You didn't intend to put it up for adoption when you threw Rick in. <laughs> I get that. No, and that was fine. Some, some child or adult's going to find them on the, on the beach and toss them in yeah. and you know, he'll find a, a better home. I, I thought Rick was just running away. I was like, I'm so, it was, it was like Wilson and Castaway. I was like, I'm sorry. What did I do? But, yeah, we, we had to let him go for his safety. I was really thinking in my mind, though, just one of those Fiji waves that you see, you know, you'll see videos of just these like hundred footers. So I have to get Rick this hundred footers, what he was born for. We have to get him out there. But alas, it was yeah, uh, would just tumble. for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just tumble. I mean, we've we've had uh, we've had them in some pretty tall waves, pretty high waves. And they basically tumble. No different, by the way, than, I mean, if you've watched surfers off of Navari, for example, Navari, if you've watched anybody in Portugal on 75-foot waves, you'll see, you know, they, they either are able to cascade all the way down. And if they don't, it's basically like just rolling down a rolling down a, a mountain is what it really is like. And same thing happens to the surfer dude. You put it in an eight-foot wave and it's just going to tumble. Although we do have some cool shots of uh, them in the green room and tubing and some other things. We've gotten some pretty neat things over the years. That's fun. So, so you have been, you developed the Surfer Dudes? I did with other people. Not with a lot. Other no, you know. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 so it was a small group of about three or four of us that, that really worked this through and, and got it developed in the end. Do you have a, a prototype or do you have a, another toy that maybe, or have you been privy to in a room of something that you thought was just amazing, but either due to the logistics of developing it, or it just didn't make sense for a larger scale, or like, I'm just saying, like, what is the cool toy that you've seen that's not out in the public? 
school toy that's not out in the public you know it's a toughie i mean we, we we look for one brian i mean it's it's not an easy thing we have a really great product in surfer dudes that has set a very high bar for us and for others and it's it you know it's difficult we we certainly you know we have a customer base that because of how much they enjoy surfer dudes would probably embrace a another item but you want to make it every bit as good as what you have so we've we've looked at a number of things we've you know, we've gotten a number of things onto the drawing board, but nothing yet that's caught our fancy quite the same way that Surfer Dudes has. So we just haven't come out with anything else. It's, it is the most common question we get asked by retailers and by many customers. What else do you have? Because they're enjoying that. But we don't have anything else that comes that's comparable to it right now. So patience. You have patience. Okay. I think we can do that. And there's enough characters you can go and collect them all and have them have a surfing mm-hmm. competition. Yeah, we have a lot of people that do that, by the way. We have a lot of people that have collected them all. And, uh, you know, some of them are rarer than others. And people ask us about that and different things and happy to share with them which which are the most, which are the rarest ones that we've put out. So it's kind of fun. That's great. So your two sons are in this company with you. This is a small, under 10 person company. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one of its strengths, too, by the way. You, you have a very common approach to just about everything and you're you know you're together in a bullpen all the time and you're you're sharing what everybody's doing so everybody blends into the same attitude with regards to things and with customer support same thing you know everybody hears and sees what we do with a customer interaction and we collect them we collect them into a notebook literally we print out the interactions we have because many of them are through email and we collect those and we put those into a book. And literally, when someone joins us, the first thing we do is hand them the green notebook and they sit down and their job that day is to read that entire notebook of interactions that we've had. So several hundred interactions that we've had and then talk to us about it. And we can tell a lot about the person from how they interact with that. They're either stunned and amazed or it seems ordinary to them one or the other but it, it impresses somebody and it tells us a lot about their willingness to to really adopt the same type of attitude we have towards customer support it's fundamentally important you know it is most customers will not reach out to you because they're absolutely thrilled with everything that's going on they usually reach out to you when something has happened that's different than what they expect and so they're you know they're they're searching and so many of us have really uh let's call them average interactions with customers and i don't want to call them anything other than just average but they leave us a little bit mm, disappointed perhaps is the best word with what the outcome was oftentimes it's a matter of how long it takes to work through the process you know that can be frustrating you're trying to get something done Look, oftentimes you're on vacation, the start of a vacation, something happens, a part breaks, this happens, whatever. And you have the rest of your vacation, you want to enjoy it. And you've had this mishap and you want to get it resolved. You want to get it resolved quickly. You don't want to wait three weeks. You're back home and you're not going to the shore or the beach as the case may be. You want to get it done. So we believe that a rapid response is the appropriate thing to you know to have that interaction quickly and to resolve it quickly and we also believe that 
you have an opportunity to resolve it fully and get it right the first time. There are so many customer support instances you run into with others where the part you get is not the part you needed, you know, and then you're back to the customer interaction again or the company interaction. And that's it's frustrating. And after a while, you feel like I'm, I'm not being paid attention to our simple mantra for it is when we look at an interaction. We just want to treat the interaction the same way we would like to be treated, but often or not. And sometimes we are, which is a base for how we figured out how to do some of this stuff, too, by the way. It's not just a matter of, I don't want this, so I'll do this. In our lifetimes, we've had shining examples of great interactions with companies and with products and with customer support. We're here to support the customer. We're here to learn from the customer. It's a unique opportunity to have an interaction with a customer. For the most part, people manufacture products. They get bought by someone you're not selling it directly to them especially with an item that's a 20 dollars item you're you're not involved in every sale directly so your chance to have a meaningful interaction with a customer is when they've had something that hasn't gone exactly the way they want it to and that's a moment for you to learn things it's a moment for you to delight the customer. It's a moment for you to re-engage the customer. And it's a moment for you to shine. It's a, it's a really simple process, but you treat people the way you would like to be treated. And if you remember that, I think you can get through any customer support interaction that you have. And by the way, we use that word. We use customer support. We, you don't get in touch with us at customer service. Not that we don't serve our customers, but support is a different word. We're supporting our customers. And that's an important concept for us. It's like the thoughts that you have become reality. So if you're just servicing the customer, you're not there to be of equal to them. You know, like, hey, I'm here to help you. It's almost like, oh, I'm your friend, Bill, that's going to help you with the product that you've purchased, you know, but instead it, you know, just creates this subconsciously for you, I think. You know, the other thing too, Brian, is to remember that while we're dealing with a parent or a grandparent. Ultimately, we're dealing with a youngster or a grandchild. And, you know, the opportunity to help a grandparent or a parent become a hero in the eyes of the of the youngster or the grandchild is a really important thing. You know, grandparents take on this, this task of trying to make their grandchildren happy at, at every moment they can within their within their limits. And when you have a when you have an interaction with a company and they're able to bring a smile to, you know, that's the key. You, you, you want to do it in such a way that you bring a smile to the youngster's face to bring that delight back and to bring that joy back. And that's just important. I mean, we replace parts. We don't charge for parts. People ask us, they write us often, you know, how can I buy? And we just go, you, you can't buy it from us. We, we won't sell it to you. We don't sell replacement parts. We will replace that. And our concept there is very simple. You've already bought it. Why should you pay for a part again at that point? And number two, our mothers would disown us if we charged you. So we're just not going to charge you. I think and we you need to talk. Something we just tell people. Yeah, I think you need to talk to some of the the larger companies' customer support tactics. As you know, you're calling IKEA for part double J nine on this large thing, and they're like, "Well, that's fifteen dollars for shipping, and you know, eighty five dollars for the part." You're like, "Well, the thing only costs three hundred bucks to begin with. Like, I'll, I'll just get a new couch." 
it's just not the appropriate way to approach a situation. If you think about it from the standpoint of what would you like to have happen if you're on the other end of the interaction and to have somebody reach out and do that is, you know, it's just, it's, it's special. It makes you feel good about the toy. It makes you feel good about what your grandchild or your child is doing and the time they're spending with it. It's just important to keep that cycle going and not let it go away. Uh, you know, we've developed a philosophy that, you know, you also learn from these interactions. We, we have learned a lot about the toy. The toy has gone through multiple iterations and improvements as a result of things that customers told us along the way. You wouldn't get that if you weren't listening to the customer and you weren't deeply involved in the process. And everyone at the company said under 10 people, they're all involved in this process. Everyone has the same quote unquote playbook. We don't really call it a playbook, but we have the same basic philosophies for each of us. And you just go about that. You learn things. I mean, we used to have a wing that you used to have to wrap onto the bottom through an arrowhead fastener. It was a good system, but we had people that would lose wings. You know, they'd step on it when it came back underfoot and the wing would pop off and the wing would go off in the surf and they'd be left without a wing. And so we'd re we would replace them. But at the same time, we realized, gee, you know, we could do better here. We, you know, we can make this wing even more secure. So listening to the customer improves your product because you find out little things along the way that aren't exactly what you would like. And it is the way you learn when you listen to the customer. You learn a lot. We've developed a philosophy that if the upper management of companies were involved in the customer support efforts directly, as opposed to delegating them down into the organization, probably, you know, 80 to 90% of the problems they have, because oftentimes there are small little problems, but they're, they're repetitive. They're just there all the time. They would solve them. I don't know if, Brian, I'm sure you've had an interaction with a company where you just happen to get in touch with the uh, with the president of it or the, you know, in a large company, the vice president, their attitude towards it is completely different than the customer. They're just like, they're stunned that you're having a problem and they go, let, let me take care of it. Let me just fix it. And they actually have the ability to fix it. But if they're taking care of the customer support issues at that level constantly, they realize, wait a second, I just talked to Brian. I just talked to Sally. I just talked to Steve. I just talked to Bob. I just talked to Mary. And they had the same problem within a matter of two weeks. Well, why don't we just fix this so that I don't hear from Brian and Bob and Sally and Mary again? I mean, no need to have to hear from them again. But oftentimes it's delegated into a customer service department. And, you know, I get it. And sometimes you have no choice. I also get that if you're involved in it, chances are you're going to solve 80, 90% of the problems that customers are having with your products pretty quickly because you just, it's not what you're going to do every day. You're not going to spend your time on the phone. You're just, solve the problems and it's a source of great strength though it, and it's fun too by the way i i often say to people in there somewhat surprised but the most fun we have within a week because we just you know it, it forces you to have a great product because you don't you don't have the time to have an interaction with every customer who buys your product you know that's just that's suicidal so it forces you to develop a great product and then it forces you to support it in the right way and when you come down to it, you end up having a very small number of interactions on a weekly basis, monthly basis. I mean, you know, maybe a handful or two on a monthly basis. 
So you have the time to spend on each one and learn from them. But it's the most fun you can have. The other stuff, it's, you know, it's it's gratifying, but it's not as much fun as having an interaction with a real live customer on the other side of the phone and on the other side of the screen and the email and going back and forth and injecting some humor into it and just, you know, just being human. My God, we need humor. We need human. It's, uh, it's you know, it's just a great thing. Probably 10 years ago, I used to work in the casino industry and I was a manager of the slot attendants who handled the slot machines. So you'd constantly see a repetitive problem over and over. And depending who the general right. manager was, some of them were, hey, bring me your problems so we can fix it. You know, maybe the way the soda line was laid out, there could be very simple problems that, you know, the cup should actually be on the other side, but the frontline employee doesn't have the authority to to do that, even though you think they would, but, you know, they don't have that. Maybe one of the buttons jams all the time. So some general managers were open to bring me your problems and we'd fix them. And then some other times it was, you know, a machine error or a gambling error, whatever it might be. And people would be, you know, obviously very, this is money, you know, they're upset. And I would come there, come over, have this open aura about me, this personality, like a little joke, you know, just kind of, you know, get them off guard from being angry. Like it's, it's not my business. I don't own, you know, Harris or Rivers or whoever I, you know, Midwest Gaming, whoever I worked for at that time. Like I'm just Brian who's here. And it's just amazing if you're willing to listen. Half time people just want to be heard, but if you're just willing to listen with the right attitude, that most of the problems just go away. Or you find out that's not even the the real problem of it all, you know. And you could solve something else for them. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, it really is customer listening is what it is, and then you're supporting the customer having listened to them. You can support the customer properly, but it it just it, as I said, it is the most fun that we have within any given week. It, it really is. So you have an interaction that week, but when you look back at the week, that's the most fun you had. Or doing something extra for a customer and delighting them or surprising them, you know, and we'll do that at various times during the course of the year, certain orders that come in, you see an order and it just, there's something special about it. You just recognize something special, you do something extra. And it's just, you know, it's those little delightful things you do along the way that, you know, you could say they grow your reputation, but what they really do is they enhance the fun you're having. And they really, they're the gratifying things about businesses. Most products solve a problem of some sort or create an opportunity for somebody to do something. Nobody had ever really had something that you could throw into the surf that would come back to you, you know, on a consistent basis. And that's what this does. And it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, you got to have some fun with it. I, mean, I probably have smiled through the entire time that I've been talking to you because I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about the, you know, various interactions over the years and they're just fun. I mean, they've brought us close to customers and it's a, it's a special thing to be able to do. Um, there's just no other way to say it. And, you know, there are, there are stories out there of companies that have done this uh, over the years and just, um, you know, you you read those along the way, you hear them and they they form a basis for your wanting to just go further and do more things for customers. And, it's, you know, it's, it's fun, period. That's it. I mean, it comes down to fun. I think that's great. Can you give me just a, a recap? So how does this all come about? So you developed this product for three years. And are you going to like the toy expos? How, how do you get this to the next level? How does this go from your dream and your concept to on buying it at the Jersey Shore? 
you know, we've never advertised the product. We've never marketed the product. The product's been sold on the basis of people getting it, bringing it to the beach, other people like yourself seeing it and going, well, that's pretty cool. They walk up, engage in conversation with the person, and they actually try it. Or their kids run up and try it. And they, you know, like, go ahead and throw it, you know, and have some fun. And then they, they'll they ask where to get it, et cetera. And they'll mention, I got it over here. At, uh, I got it at Pisano's, or I got it over at Air Circus, or I got it over at Chili's, or, you know, because, I mean, we know the whole list of customers that are like, I got it over at 17th Street. I got it, you know, whatever along uh, the along the, the boardwalk at Ocean City. And so they they go up and they buy them for themselves. And it's those interactions on the beach that did it. So we introduced it in Cocoa Beach. It was introduced at Ron John's in Cocoa Beach. And uh, it was introduced in in, in March at uh, Beach and Boards, which was an event that they had there. And people just started to play with them. And they were sold primarily out of Cocoa Beach in the beginning. And then people would come and do vacation come down to Cocoa Beach, they'd see kids playing with them on the beach, and they'd go, you know, I, what is this? And they'd find out, and they'd get one for themselves, and they'd bring it back to the Jersey Shore. Shem Jenkins, who had a toy store up in Stone Harbor, was one of the first to bring it into New Jersey. And uh, he and his dad, Todd, brought it up to New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we'd get calls from people saying, you know, I, you know, I, my, my wife was down in Stone Harbor, and all the kids are playing with this toy. I got to have this toy. And, you know, so... Doug up at Air Circus and Anthony at Pisano's and other places, they, you know, they'd all talk and they'd see this toy and it slowly populated the beaches and people just, you know, they were looking at it going like, that's pretty cool. And they'd go and buy it. So that's how it just sort of happened. It was serendipity along the way. You know, we were approached in the very first year by a distributor in Australia that had the vision of seeing what this could become. So this is a, this is a big toy in Australia as well. So uh, they, they they run through a lot of units in Australia, but that's it's, so cool. It's word of mouth. Yeah, that's great. That you know, just right out of Cocoa Beach, the next thing, world domination. I love it. I'm not sure we'd call it world domination, <laughs> but it certainly is. You know, it's on many many beaches. There you go. And yes. uh, yeah, he look got to the beach you were on. That's that's what counts. And it got there with, by the way, with people who had positive things to say about it to you, and. You know, what more could you ask for with a with a product that it's that it's quality, that it's fun, and that people who use it actually enjoy it and will say to someone else, this is a really cool thing. And then when you have interactions with customers, they actually say, and and it's a great company to work with too. You know, you really can't score more than that. That's that's pretty much the trifecta. Great quality. Great word of mouth and, you know, great support for the company. I mean, you, you can't really, you can't really get better than that. I truly think it's a great product. I've, I've told my friends about it and family as, as we're at the shore and they loved it. It's just an easy product to talk about. That's fun. Like I'm, I don't have things that I'm hawking all the time or like, Hey, you should get the newest iPhone. And it has, you know, you can erase to the back of the picture. Like, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Like when you see other people with parents and you go to the beach with kids, sometimes it's hard. Like my kids are still young enough or my beach card is just filled to the absolute brim. And it's just like every toy that could keep them possibly engaged. But then they're, they're out there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just throwing the surfer dude back and comes back and forth and just loving it and, and laughing. And, and it's, it's nice to see. Well, look, you know, we started out talking with, you know, before you started in with this, we started talking briefly about Legos. You know, Legos are interesting. This was not a product that was widely advertised in the beginning. It was 
you know, some people had them. Your daughter would go to somebody's house. They would have them. They would interact with them and play with them. They were intuitive as well at the same time. And it was, it was fun. It was engaging. And, you know, they built it that way. And then you'd, you know, you'd go into the, you go into the toy store and you'd see, you know, 10 different models there. And, you know, you'd buy one and you'd bring it home. And the youngster was enthralled with it. And before long, they wanted a second one and a third one. And, you know, then you had a bunch of parts and they were into, as your daughter is now, into, well, what can I build out of it that isn't in the instruction booklet? You know, and I could build bridges and I can build replicas of monuments and all sorts of things that are, I mean, the creativity that goes into these things is just phenomenal. So, and, you know, that's the way it's best done, I believe, is you put a great product out, support it really well. And let people carry it to the next person. Just say this is fun and it's a great company to work with. Can't get but can't get better than that. I think that's the best. I can tell you're passionate about surfer dudes, as, as, even just toys in general. You just have this smile. You, you have this great love for children as you're talking. You're just smiling as you're talking about thinking about the fun they have, even even just playing. And I, you know, not to need me to tell you, but I think you guys are gonna go far with all of this. The next product that you're gonna develop, if it goes beyond surfer dudes, that obviously you're thinking about. How do we get the most fun? Like with that being the number one goal, I don't see how you don't win. It's about smiles. I mean, can you create smiles? I mean, that's really it. I mean, if 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 you're not passionate about what you're doing and you're in the toy business, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I think you're in the wrong field. There are other fields maybe you could be passionate about. Uh, but to be in the toy business, it just you, you you've got to delight in it. You've got to think the world of your end customer, which is usually a youngster, uh, but in interaction with their parents, their siblings, uh, with their grandparents, and you, you just have to bring smiles to everybody's face. Uh, we've created millions and millions of smiles, and that's really what counts in the end. That's that's the lasting mark of this little toy: is smiles and great times that people had at the beach. Great vacations. You know, we, I mean, we get pictures of people that, you know, they, they bring them home and they put them on the nightstand next to them when they're sleeping and, you know, all sorts of things like that. We get, uh, we get letters that are addressed to the characters. That's a lot of fun. You know, we, we often reply to people using the characters as well. Um, you know, when we'll send a letter out with something, you know, it'll often go out from Donegan Doolin or Rossi Alice or whatever. And you get kids going like, oh, they really exist, you know. And, uh, well, no, they don't, but they do in some ways. I mean, that's sort of true. They, they're sort of little replicas of some of us, too, at the same time. So they they do exist, you know, just kind of just kind of fun. And that's, it's as simple as that. Is it fun? And are you bringing fun to others? And if you're going to bring fun to others, you know what? I think Brian, fundamentally, if you're going to have something that's fun, you got to keep the fun around it. I mean, I can't imagine you've got something that's fun and you surround it with all this non-fun, making what's fun, unfun. I mean, that just, that would be craziness, but Hey, look, sometimes there are people out there that are crazy. We're just not, <laughs> we're just not crazy. We're crazy in a different way. And it's, it's about having fun. I think that's great. But the, the beach lifestyle, not to even another character in development, Jimmy Buffett, great Florida resident. 
you know, maybe in the future, maybe a Buffett character of some sort. I'm sure Margaritaville has them licensed out to Wazoo, but you, you know, you never know. We've developed uh, we've developed all of our characters ourselves. I mean, you know, all of them are you know Rincon Rex and and Santa Cruz, which is the saber toothed tiger that's with Rincon Rex, and all the backstories we've created. All the backstories, the backstories are fun too, and, you know, and and that's another element of it too, and and that comes from listening to listening to youngsters, listening to customers. So we had the first six out, of which you had one, Costa Rica Rick, although you didn't have an original Costa Rica Rick, but Costa Rica Rick has continued as a classic. And we, you know, you'd hear from parents and kids together, and you'd you'd hear about things like the importance of school to them and their classmates and their friends and other things like that. So when you go and you read the bios of the first set of legends, and even the second set of legends. You, you started to see the interactions between some of the characters and you started to realize that, you know, Surf City Sally went to Pepperdine University and, you know, and you, you started to see things like they were aspirational at the same time. So, you know, a youngster picks it up and, and reads this. There's, you know, they, and they start to relate to it. There are aspects of that character that they're also relating to that are inspirational to them at the same time. And that's important that matters and some of it's uh, some of it's fun around surfing places we, we probably at this point manufacture more surfboards than anyone else although they're really tiny 11 inches but we manufacture more surfboards than anyone else you know all of these things the interrelationship to them you know when you really dig into it and and look at it you realize that it's it's really very purposeful and it's purposeful around having fun creating great examples as I said, we, we you know we produce probably more surfboards than anyone else, but in addition, we're probably we're probably also encouraging more young surfers than most people realize too, because kids will get this toy, youngsters will get this toy, start to play with it, and then you know before too long they'll say you know yeah I think I'd like to try to surf at the same time, and so you know we've seen that impact that it has where it's bred a whole new generation of surfers too and surfing's fun it's a it's a great sport uh, you know I, I love it because of the interactions between people even at a competitive level they are incredibly supportive of each other there's a community to it that really matters and and the kids in it the youngsters in it really make it matter it's a special sport that way and the surfer dudes really complement it nicely I think that's great. You thought ahead enough to how can I inspire the kids, even subconsciously for them, if they're just reading the back. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Patty went to Pepperdine. Like, okay, so she went to college. Like, I can go to college, mm -hmm. you know, and then she's serving. Yeah. I, I think that's just so good. It's not just, oh, Patty was a, a beach bum and now here she is, which, you know, sometimes I, I look at that life and I aspire to be like, why didn't I, why didn't I take that route? You know, if you can do it, it's probably an interesting thing to do. I, you know, I, and I've had my interactions along the way with people that were able to spend more time on the beach than I was. And, you know, sometimes I walk away and go, you know what, I'm, maybe, maybe they have it right and I have it wrong. Who knows? But <laughs> as long as they're having fun, it's okay. Yeah, that's it. Bill, I do appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Surfer Dudes or Toyosity? Any other road you want to go down? No, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy just to share the story and share the fun. And uh, we've done that today. And you know, encourage people that if they if they have something that they're not as enchanted or delighted as they should be, you reach out to us. You know, you never know what may happen and what kind of interaction you have. But we we will tell you that it will be swift. We like to do it quickly and uh, we'll get it right.
We'll treat you the way we want to be treated. You can't ask for anything more than that. So, well, it was a delight to chat with you. And I hope you enjoy the evening now with your uh, young man and your uh, daughter. And uh, hopefully they have all their homework done and you can have some good family time. Well, so in New Jersey, we're about to send most of our kids down to you in Florida because we have teachers convention on Thursday and Friday. We're recording on the Wednesday before teachers convention. So when I went down to Disney two years ago this weekend, I just spent my entire time with everybody from New Jersey, everybody in line. Oh, where are you from? I'm from all these different places. Yeah. So right now you're about to yeah. be inundated with with all of our people down there. Oh, you know, it's a it's a good time of the year. It's uh it's a little bit warmer sometimes. I was just up in Philadelphia this past weekend and it was chilly up there, guys. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm used to 70, 80 degree weather at least, and sometimes 95, but it was you know, as I said to as I said to somebody as I got out of one of the hotels and I looked at the car, I said, you know, that car's gonna do here. It just, you know, it may react violently to having frost on it. I don't know. I never <laughs> had frost on it. So yeah, it, it was chilly tough. on Friday morning. Yeah. What's so, that? I said this temperature is tough. I think on Monday it was 50. Yesterday, Tuesday, it was 75 degrees out. I did up my leaves. I was off from work yesterday, did my leaves all day, and then back to today, it just drops back down to the 50s. And, you know, at night you're going to get that frost definitely, but like the weather, we're just in such this up and down. I need some of that Florida stability of seventies, eighties and nineties. I mean, you're, you're welcome to come here and you're certainly welcome to move here. Well, I'm going to put my there, application no in for Sherpa dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy. Where can Thank people you. Find you. Yes. Where can people find you? What's the best way to get in? Uh, surfer, SurferDudes.com. SurferDudes with an S.com is the easiest way to find us. Um, or just search for surfing toy and you will come up pretty easy miniature surfers, little surfers, uh, you know, a whole group of things. But surferdudes.com is where you'll find us. You can also search for the characters and we'll come up. So it's just, okay, great. Uh, you know, that's it. So, okay. I'll put your link well, in the show enough. notes. I appreciate your time. You Thank you so much, Bill. You take care and I'll talk to thank you soon. You. you bet, Brian. Good to meet okay. you. Bye-bye. Good to meet you too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, that was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time.